Hello, and welcome to another episode of DW Fast Track, the podcast where lawyers discuss all things legal and trending. I'm your host, Suzanne Sukar, a member in Dickinson Wright's Ann Arbor office, focusing on immigration. And I'm here with Najah Alam, an attorney in Dickinson Wright's Detroit office. In this week's episode, we will be discussing H-1B visas as a solution for schools experiencing teacher shortages and how hiring a foreign teacher may be the answer. Welcome to our first employment-based immigration podcast. We are excited to launch this podcast and hope that you will learn something new. We understand that trying to navigate through the complex immigration laws can be difficult and stressful. Our podcast will focus on specific topics and shed insight on key issues. Hi, my name is Suzanne Sukar, and I have been practicing immigration law for almost 20 years. Hi. My name is Najah Alaham, and I am a business immigration lawyer practicing immigration law for about five years. We are very fortunate to be practicing law at our firm, Dickinson Wright. We have about 500 attorneys across 20 offices, including an office in Toronto, Canada. Dickinson Wright is a full-service law firm with experience in just about every industry. Immigration also touches just about everything. Why? Because it is tied to people, and people work everywhere. We've helped our clients across multiple industries from automotive and financial, engineering and architecture, healthcare and education, hospitality, agriculture, sports and entertainment. And in our first podcast, we can't touch upon all of these industries, but we're focusing on a very specific issue today, and that's going to be focused on the education industry. And if you haven't already checked it out, you can also watch my Minutes on the Matter series Episode 5, Are You a School District Struggling to Find Teachers? Foreign Teachers May Be the Answer. That video clip is a short two-minute talk. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about this topic. And why? It's because schools need help. Teachers are on a federal critical shortage list. The profession of elementary and secondary school education is slowing down. There's an increase of teacher retirement, and the rate of college students going into education and teaching professions is declining. How can schools fill their rosters with teachers? The H-1B visa may be the answer. Najah, can you shed some light on what is an H-1B visa? Thanks, Suzanne. I would be happy to cover the nuts and bolts of H-1B visa. So essentially, it's an employment-based visa that allows foreign nationals to work in the U.S. for a specific period of time. It usually requires the minimum of a bachelor's degree, and it can be a great solution for teachers because they can hire teachers through the H-1B program. So we see H-1B visas in fields like engineering, technology, finance. And how do you get an H-1B visa? Essentially, every year, USCIS holds a cap, which is also known as a lottery. And there is a limit as to the number of visas they will issue each year. So the annual limit for the H-1B visa is 85,000 visas, with 65 for those holding a U.S. bachelor's degree or its equivalent, and an additional 20,000 allotted to those who hold an advanced degree from a U.S. institution. That is the H-1B cap, the lottery. There is a whole other world to the H-1B visa known as the cap-exempt visa or cap-exempt petitioners. Suzanne, could you explain a little bit about that? 
Yeah, thank you. And thanks for sharing those nuts and bolts. I think most employers don't realize that there's this other world out there of H-1B cap exemption. The majority of the companies that are applying are for-profit companies. So H-1B cap exempt organizations really earn an A-plus grade. And why? You know, as we said, they're really exempt from the H-1B lottery. The lottery system is unpredictable and the selection rate is abysmal. Just last year, there was over 750,000 registrations. And do you know how many visa numbers are available? Well, if you were listening to Najah, you would know it's 85,000. So what does that come down to? It's like a 10 to 12% chance of winning the lottery. So good luck on trying to win one of those H-1B visas. With the cap-exempt organizations, they're the ones driving the bus not the lottery system. You may be wondering who is lucky enough to be considered a cap-exempt organization. Well, that goes back to what Congress decided as who should be included in the cap exemption because our country needs it. It's important for us to be able to continue to hire talent when needed. And that goes to institutions of higher education. And really, they're the ones that are primarily exempt from the cap. So all these public universities, private universities may be exempt from the quota. And it's also extended a bit further to nonprofit entities that are also affiliated with institutions of higher education and government research centers may be exempt from the cap. These organizations are able to file a petition at any time without having to go through the random, unpredictable H-1B lottery selection process. And why is this also so important and coveted to employers? Because there's no limit to the number of visas. If there are 85,000 that were available under the cap subject visas, here, employers can file a petition at any time, and they're extremely useful as a way to help remedy the U.S. workforce shortages in areas such as healthcare and public education, which is what Congress had intended when they carved out the cap exemption rules. Suzanne, that's very interesting. So essentially, employers can sidestep the H-1B lottery, which is a huge advantage to employers. Why is it important for the education industry to have this option? If you think about this, you're, you're a school district, right? And you are getting ready. They prepare in advance. Your semester, your school year is starting in July, August, September, depending on where you are in the country and when your school year starts. Maybe not July, but August or September. And you're trying to get your teachers ready to go. You want them there on the first day of school. Sometimes you have teachers there. And then for whatever reasons, you may lose them. But schools can hire teachers immediately. You can prepare well in advance and you can hire for August or September start when your school's in session or you may have had some shortage throughout the year. Well, you can pick them up and then hire anytime throughout the year. And, you know, given that elementary and secondary schools are suffering with teachers retiring and not enough people entering the field, uh, you've got the high turnover rate due to lower wages, which is completely other issue. And other curriculum changes. So there may be a variety of reasons why schools are facing this shortage, but it solves the problem being able to hire teachers immediately. And this really affects students' ability to obtain a meaningful education. When you have more students per teacher in the classroom, you're taking away from the students' ability to have more attention in the classroom their teachers. And when schools have to resort to bringing substitute teachers in the classroom, there's that lack of continuity in teaching. And in the classroom, it's really a disservice to the students. 
So the H-1B petition for a teacher can really help address this national shortage and it allows the qualifying school districts to hire the foreign nationals for these openings. Suzanne, is there anything else to watch out for in terms of, you know, special rules or considerations for H-1B cap-exempt employers? Yes. I mean, there actually are some special rules and considerations for teachers in the education industry. So a few additional requirements on top of your normal H-1B requirements. And Ajahi went in detail as to what the nuts and bolts of an H-1B are, what those requirements are. One of them being, you know, you really have to have the U.S. equivalent of a bachelor's degree in education or a major field of study that's related to what they are doing. And so that's just common across the board for all and you know, with the equivalency, it may be degree to degree, right? A four-year degree in a foreign country, which may be equivalent to a U.S. degree, or it could be based on a work experience evaluation or a combination of work experience and education. But the key piece here is they also have to have, you know, the related degree in their field. So if you are going to be a math teacher or a STEM teacher, and you're background or education is in history or English, you may not be able to be a math teacher. There needs to be an alignment between the field of study and the subject you may be teaching. Elementary may be a little bit easier if you've got a general elementary education as a background. And also, you know, one of the other specific requirements more geared towards teachers is, you know, public or charter school teachers may have some different requirements than, say, college professors. And that really is the certification requirements, the state licensure requirements. And that may vary state by state as to your requirements to be licensed as a teacher. In some states, they make that pathway to get licensed a little bit easier. Other states, there are additional barriers for teachers to get the licensing. That's why it's important to talk to an immigration attorney, call one of us, then we can help walk you through these because there can be solutions to getting the whole licensure thing resolved, whether, you know, it's a short term or a long term or permanent license to be able to teach. So those are some unique things more towards teachers. There's also the school side. There's some school requirements that you normally may not have to address with an H-1B CAP subject petition. For the CAP exempt petitions, you know, we went back and said this carve out is specifically for those that are an institution of higher education or a nonprofit that's affiliated with an institution of higher education. I often get the question, well, well, does that mean we need to have a university on our board or something like that? And then it's always, no, that's really not what they're looking for with the affiliation. There needs to be some sort of formal affiliation with the university, but it's not in the context of being on a board. And the other one really is furthering the mission of education and research. I mean, come on, we're talking about schools. Like if education is not their mission, I don't know what is. And so that one should be an easy slam dunk for a school to be able to explain that it's really furthering the mission of education. So really wrapping this up here today and explaining why this is really important, and we may have touched on some of this, but the vast majority of school districts, they are nonprofit organizations. And so this really opens up the H-1B as a work visa solution for them. The nonprofit organizations affiliated with the university may be considered H-1B cap exempt. 
and this means they are not subject to the quota in the annual H-1B lottery. As a school district, this should be something that you're seriously considering in terms of being able to hire a teacher at any time of the year, of course, if they satisfy the requirements. And as far as the affiliation agreement, really, this could be something as straightforward as a school district having some sort of agreement in place with the university that furthers the mission of education and research. And for schools and universities, education is their business. So thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you found this information helpful. And if you need any legal assistance, we are here and happy to help your school district make the grade. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of DW Fast Track. For more information, visit our website at www.dickinsonwright.com or check out our social media channels.